All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca Podcast episode and actually a special edition or special series of the Boca Podcast brand position, live brand position consultations. And um, I have the privilege to hang out today with Katura Turner. Thank you so much, Katura, for hanging out with me, for making time for the Boca Podcast. Oh, thank you for letting me hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we, we had actually had some conversation briefly on Facebook Messenger, and you had said, hey, you know, I, I saw this this live thing that you did on Facebook and was wondering if you could take a look at my website and my brand. And I said, well, could we do this on the podcast? And you were gracious enough to allow that to happen. And so here we are. And for those of you listening in, the reason, part of the reason that I like to push these out to the podcast platform is that brand position, it's not a very familiar concept in our industry. And I want everybody to be able to listen in and get a feel for what it means to even work on developing a clear, distinct brand position. So we're going to do that today. And Katura, I mentioned to you before we started recording, I'm going to share with our listeners the significance of brand position in case they're new to the concept. Very simply, the definition of, of a brand position is the value proposition that we bring to our market. So, uh, and, and ideally, a unique value proposition. So, we're we're talking about how we add value to the local marketplace, and, and more specifically, to our target market, to our target client, mm-hmm. through our photographic services. And of course, the goal is to for that to be unique, for it to actually stand out to be different than anybody else around us. And the reason that I emphasize difference or uniqueness is because I've had countless conversations with photographers about brand position. And I say, hey, you know what? what? What's the difference between your business and the other businesses in your market? And a lot of times I get an answer back that is very, very similar, if not identical, to many other photographers who have given me a similar answer. So we have a tendency in our industry of just kind of copying and pasting what other photographers are doing, and that ultimately hurts our effort to create distinction and to book new clients more effectively. So it's important to come up with something that's unique. We're going to work on that today. But for everybody listening in, the benefits of a clear and distinct brand position are four primary benefits. One, it, it enables potential clients to immediately know our UVP, our unique value proposition. If we're doing it right, we're going to put that value proposition, that brand position statement on the homepage of our website above the fold, meaning they don't have to scroll to find it. So there might be some a pretty image or pretty pictures and then that brand position statement so they immediately know what our brand stands for. And then the second benefit, which is a segue from the first, it filters a relevant potential client. So when they see that brand position statement, they're like, you know what, this fits or this doesn't. And the example that I always give is if I were to start a, a wedding photography business in the Chattanooga market where I live and I said, I am a... Uh, a black and white wedding photographer for skateboarders, this would be a very clear, very distinct brand position, kind of an unusual one, but it would immediately filter out anybody who's not relevant because they see that statement. They're like, you know what? I fit that statement or I don't fit that statement. And if they fit, they're going to want to know more. If they don't, they're going to go look for a different photographer. And so that's one of the other benefits. The third benefit is that it simplifies and focuses our marketing efforts. We don't have to juggle multiple messages. A lot of photographers have these, I don't know why this became popular, but they're three words, you know, like joyful and uh, candid and fun or something like that. But they, they'll list three words and they're usually three separate ideas. And you're having to try to juggle three different messages in order to promote your brand. That becomes kind of confusing. It's not very efficient. So it's simplifying or focusing our marketing efforts by having just one single distinct brand position, really important. And the fourth benefit is it encourages better time management because again, we're not managing multiple messages. Everything that we do would ultimately support this one brand position and our time management is much more focused as a result. So 
that is the, the, the primary, those are the primary benefits of a clear and distinct brand position. But I, I want to jump into your brand, Katira. I know that you're based in the Atlanta market. Is that correct? Yes. So now I do have a question. Yeah, Sorry. please. No, go for it. So what is the difference between a brand statement and a tagline? Honestly, not a lot. Well, and, and, and it depends. So a tagline, in many cases, you'll see photographers use a tagline or even a brand use a tagline and it's a cute idea, but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily distinctly represent how the service is unique to that particular market. And so gotcha. I, I think it's more specific in that context, or at least in the context that we're describing a brand position statement, a tagline. Um, do you have an example of a tagline? Yeah, I'll use mine. For every day that passes, something beautiful remains. Okay. So that's a concept in and of itself. Yeah. And then I can actually see this for everybody. Again, further context, if you go to, is it spelled or pronounced Itan images or? Yes. So it's Itan. Itan. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. dot com. For everybody listening in, you can, you can kind of follow along in our conversation and it's the same thing. It's actually underscore Itan images on Instagram. We'll link to both of these in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. But for every day that passes, something beautiful remains. So what is the context of that phrase for you in your life, Katira? So I feel, I mean, I selected those words because I feel like they go along with my, the, the meaning of Itan, which means history quarter. Yes. So I do believe that there's some piece or element from every day that is left behind to remind us of the day. So that's where that all came from, if that makes sense. It does make sense, yeah. I, th- I think, though, is to go back to my original point, the differentiation between a, a tagline or just a phrase that represents a concept that's important to us and a clear and distinct brand position is that clear and distinct brand position is going to very succinctly, very concisely communicate what service we offer or what experience that we offer that is different than any other photographer in town. So the idea that that phrase communicates is wonderful. And and actually, as I was researching your brand and your competition, I saw that theme of your focus on on, on documenting history, which is something that I think we can play on based on Mm -hmm. the research I did looking at your competition, which we'll talk about later on. Um, I think there's an opportunity for you to focus on that idea and to communicate it in, in a way that would stand out. But that is the distinction between just a tagline uh, or a phrase like this in a clear and distinct brand position. Does that make sense? It does. Perfect. Thank you. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're asking questions. Um, that's not something that always happens in these conversations. So I, I, the more, the better. In fact, please don't hesitate to do just that. Um, what type of photography do you currently tell your potential clients that you specialize in? Weddings and portraits. Okay. So 75% weddings and then 25% portraits. Interesting. Okay. So 75, 25 and based that's, that's the amount of revenue that each of those genres are generating for you, the 75, 25. So maybe it might be 80, 20 more weddings than portraits. So I was, I found myself having a problem at first. It was just, I, I labeled myself as wedding and portraits, but then I started doing just weddings and then I didn't have any time for any portraiture work. Mm. And so I tried to change that because I like to do both. I kind of feel like they are intertwined with each other. For sure. So I tried to like, okay, well, it's just going to be 80% weddings, 20% portraits. I don't know if that's hurting me or not. <laughs> I, I don't think it is. And and actually, this is a really great uh, 
opportunity to kind of share with our listeners, give shed light on this idea to our listeners and give context to what you're talking about. So you mentioned earlier that your brand is called Itan Images, which ultimately is is I mean defined by this notion of capturing history, correct? That is correct. So if you, and I would actually recommend in most cases, not yours, Katura, but in most cases, I would say to a photographer, pick a genre and focus on that, or at least when it comes to marketing the brand, because it's a lot easier for somebody to, a potential client, to grasp a brand that represents one concept versus two or three or five or whatever it might be. I mean, you've seen, you've probably personally seen photographers that say on their site, I specialize in, and then they list like five different types of photography. And while it's not that brands can't do that, and it's not that there haven't been brands that have successfully even done that, what we're trying to do right now is to stand out amidst the noise, right? The the literal and figurative noise in our markets. We have a lot. I mean, you're in the Atlanta market. First of all, it's a massive market. I'm not far away from you, so I'm pretty familiar with that area. But, But then there are a lot of photographers in that market. There are a lot of photographers that are saying very much the same thing. And so the goal here is to focus on a very distinct, very concise message that stands out amidst that so-called noise. And so um, focusing on a particular genre is good. Now, the caveat here, and I think, again, the wonderful opportunity for you, not just because your brand is, is named accordingly, but because you ultimately find a lot of significance in capturing that family's history, you actually have an opportunity to do both weddings and family portrait work because your brand is about capturing history. It's not about capturing weddings. It's not about capturing families. It's about capturing history. And naturally, under the guise of that concept, weddings are included, you know, potentially maternity portraits are included, family portraits are included, family events. Um, You could actually do a number of things under the guise of that particular brand representation, as long as you maintain a certain level of cohesion in the messaging and the images that back it up. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, so I think you're actually in a really great position again. And, and once we have the chance to, to look at what some of your competition is saying, we can kind of dial in the messaging in that regard. But um, I love that you did bring back family portrait work because I think it's very much relevant to your brand. What would you say, though, currently makes your photography brand or maybe your technique, the service, the experience unique to your local market in Atlanta, if anything? See, that's where I'm... I'm kind of ha- it's getting a little foggy because I feel like I well let me just say the experience of working with me um my personality but I'm sure like everyone says that and I'm so glad that you bring that up actually because first of all not not in the least do I want to minimize the significance of your personality you have a very kind persona persona I've already sensed that just the little bit of conversation that we have and clients are going to play well to that they want somebody who is personally concerned about them, interested in them, wants to have interesting conversation. And then that ultimately carries over to the quality of the the session being photographed mm-hmm. or the wedding being photographed because they feel comfortable with you. But you're right. There are other photographers who are capable of the same thing. So that can't be a distinction. I'm just glad that you have the self-awareness because a lot of photographers, they'll say, hey, um, I, I'll say, hey, what, what's different about your business? They're like, well, I focus on relationships. And the reality is that's not really a distinction any longer in 2020 because a lot of photographers do that. So I'm Mm -hmm. I'm just glad that you have that self-awareness and you point that out. It shows a progressiveness, if you will, in your mentality about how you run your business. Oh, yeah, because I've been thinking about it. And I'm like, how do I separate myself when really, as you said, like we all we all create those relationships with our clients. Right. Because we that is that's just what we do. So. 
I need work on that too. Well, and that, that's fine. So, and we'll get to that because here's the thing when, especially when you're in a large market like Atlanta and there's so many different photographers offering a similar or somewhat similar service, the opportunity to create distinction lies first of all in the messaging uh, because mm-hmm. even the images, you know, there are so many people that can that can create pretty pictures. And doing the research for in your market, I saw plenty of beautiful work. So there are a lot of photographers that can take a pretty picture, and, and no longer can you run a business based on that. Maybe we can take a great picture with our iPhones these days, for that matter. So right. where I think you can create distinction um, are two areas. And again, we'll we'll build on this in a little bit. But messaging number one the message that you're communicating, you come up with a really clear, distinct message that communicates the concept, the experience ultimately that you want to create for that client. And then the second piece where you can create distinction is the overall experience. So it's one thing to write some nice words on a website. It's another thing to actually follow through on that particular message. And I think that's where the other other opportunity is going to lie. And we can talk about that in more detail in just a bit. But um, again, to give further context to the conversation, one of my favorite questions to ask when it comes to doing brand position consultations has to do with the reasons, kind of the deeper underlying reasons why you started a photography business in the first place. What are those for you? Okay, so it originally started way, way back when, when my daughter would never smile when we would take her to get pictures, um, like at the big for Sayers at Sayers and JC Penney. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, she'll smile for me. And she did. And that's how it started. And then someone introduced me, not someone, uh, another photo- wedding photographer introduced me to weddings. What year was that? It was a long time ago. If I tell you, then I'll be dating myself. <laughs> but <laughs> and like from the beginning, I was just so intrigued and I love it. I love capturing mm. the whole essence of a wedding and love and to see the chemistry between people. So that's that's just how it began for me. And so I feel like there are a lot of photographers that I've seen. Um, I feel like they may be in it maybe for financial reasons. Sure. Or for me, I mean, I love it for the for the game, for the love of the weddings, if that makes sense, for the love of doing weddings. Yeah. And what is it about weddings? I mean, you, you mentioned that story, that experience with your daughter, and it's always great when our efforts as photographers can be rooted in a personal story, but how does that translate to photographing weddings or even of course, photographing family portrait sessions? Do you enjoy just being able to capture the the happiness innate to those, those individuals? Yes. And like the connections between family members Mm. and like, you know, or just just the connection between people when they're when they're together. You know, so you're right in that, you know, taking pictures of my daughters is far from wedding photography. But that's how it began for me. It's like at that time, I didn't know that I would like taking pictures of people. And then this happened and then I discovered that I liked it and then it just grew. So for weddings, I feel like I, I can't, I'm trying to describe it as best as I can. Yeah, it's you're just good. The, the connection between people. I just like recording that because it is really something when someone, well, first of all, most people don't remember most of their wedding. And so it is something for them to, or something for my clients to hear or to say when they look at their pictures, like, oh, wow, that happened. Oh, wow. So it's just like I get joy out of hearing 
them say or realize that there was some things that happened that was recorded that they weren't aware of, hmm. which is most of their day because they don't remember like probably stimulus overload. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. If that does that make sense? Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely it does. So oh, okay. I'm and I'm taking notes as you're as you're talking to I mean the significance of capturing connection or photographing connection between people. Um, that again is another idea. I think based on the research that I'm doing, just your, the market research, the area that you're in might be another line of messaging that we might be able to explore in just a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. and then of course the significance of, we go back to the significance of, of somebody's experiences, the history of a family, um, the significant experiences in their life, photographing those, that is, is another line of messaging that we might be able to focus on. We'll, we'll come back to that actually in just a little bit, but I wanted to give, not only is it important to our conversation between you and I, but I also wanted to give context to our listeners as to why we might go a particular direction with messaging, making sure that our brand position is rooted in our personal values and ultimately our personal goals is really important because our whole business is ultimately going to be based around this brand position. Going back to the the one that I mentioned earlier, the, the theoretical brand position of being a black and white wedding photographer for skateboarders in the Chattanooga market, it'd be very easy to build everything, the website, um, you know, if, if I ever do print any kind of literature, the social media work, the posts, the copy for social media, the types of images, obviously, for the, for the social media posts and Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, et cetera, um, video content that I might create, the experience that I provide to my clients, everything is going to be based around this particular brand position. And if I don't really enjoy it, if those efforts, mm-hmm. those activities aren't rooted in personal values that hold significance for me, then it's going to be easier to get burnt out. Um, on the flip side of that, if I'm excited about that because it's rooted in personal values and what's most important to me, then getting up on a daily basis and going and doing this work is going to be that much more enjoyable. So I, I think it's important to build a brand position, um, ideally to build a brand position, not just around what the market is doing, but also what we personally find significant value in. And that's mm-hmm. the the, the uh, significance of that particular question. Let's actually look at our at your market, though. And I did a couple of searches. And for context, for everybody listening in, one of the ways that you can go about creating a distinct brand position is to, to start first by doing just basic market research. And this sounds or is less complicated than it actually sounds. It simply means going to Google and searching a particular phrase or a number of phrases, probably better, uh, that are relevant to the particular genre of photography that you are going into or that you might already be in. And then looking at what your competitors are saying and doing. So I did this a couple of different ways, Katura. Um, I did a search for family portrait photography in Atlanta, Georgia. And the reason I went with family is because ultimately that's what you're doing. You're capturing family right from start to finish. I mean, you're, you're capturing the beginning of that family by shooting weddings. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to do some family portraits, potentially photograph family events along the way. And so that's the reason that I searched for family portrait photography. And what, what came up here, the brand position or so-called brand position statements that came up from your competitors. And I will say from the outset, you don't have a lot of strong competition. Surprisingly, there are a lot of photographers in Atlanta, but mm-hmm. none that had particularly or most of them did not have particularly strong messaging, which is great for you because that means you have the opportunity to come out and create something that's really strong and then own that message and stand out, which I think is really, really great. But here's some of the positions that I saw um, in the first three pages uh, of the search result for family portrait photography, Atlanta, Georgia. 
Uh, one was just very simply Atlanta wedding photographer and portrait photography. Now, this is a good example of, of really a kind of a poor position statement because stating where you're photographing and the genre that you're offering is something that a lot of photographers are already doing. So it's something not to do. You want to avoid that, of course. Uh, okay. Another position statement I read, of course, we're not going to call out any photographer's names here, but another photographer had the Atlanta photographer for all your professional photography needs. Um, that's about the most prime example of the way to not stand out is to say, I do everything. And of course, we want to avoid doing that. The whole purpose behind a brand position is to be specific. Uh, another one was family portrait photography, just simply family portrait photography. Again, another example of a position statement that's not strong because it's very general. There are other family portrait photographers who are calling themselves that, so it doesn't really stand out. Um, another one said, we love growing families, which is a little bit of a confusing statement. And I mean, I, I don't know what direction they're actually going there. And some might even be able to kind of laughingly say, what are you like, what are you growing them in Petri dishes? <laughs> like, I, I don't know what that actually means. Um, and so that's an example of a position statement that's a bit, uh, shall we say, nebulous or arbitrary in nature. We don't know exactly what it means. And so because the right. meaning isn't distinct, it's not a strong position statement. Another one said epic wedding art. And this was a little bit confusing because they have navigation to engagements and families. So their, their position statement says it's a, all about artistic wedding photography but then they had navigation to family and engagements, not a very great kind of all-inclusive position statement based on the services that they were offering. Another one said Atlanta newborn family photographer. Another said candid, heartfelt, fun. This is an example that I mentioned earlier of photographers that pick three words that are supposed to represent their brand. And um, I mean, I guess these words are pretty easy to understand, but what do they actually translate to? And I think they're distinct enough, at least a couple of them are distinct enough. You could just pick one and run with it and, and potentially have a really strong brand. Instead, they had three different ideas. Uh, another one said creating storyboard moments that light up your life. Uh, I don't know what storyboard moments mean. When I think about storyboard, I think about like prepping for a movie or a comic book and you have these frames, the storyboards. So I guess they could say maybe capturing storyboard moments that light up your life uh, might have been a little bit, made a little bit more sense. But, uh, and then just one more, photography and films to tell the beautifully wild story of your family. This, I think, of, of all of these, and by the way, there are many other sites that I pulled up that didn't have position statements, but this one, photography and films to tell the beautifully wild story of your family, was backed up by some really gorgeous documentary-style family photography. I mean, it was, it was really impressive work. So I think it was the strongest of the position statements and they actually backed it up with the imagery. But what do you think about some of those statements that you're hearing so far and how they relate, Katura, to what you're wanting to develop for your brand? So question, sure. the last one that you read, I mean, like how long should it be? Should it be like a paragraph, like your mission? I mean, because I felt like the last one was pretty long. It is. And so I personally, and I'm glad that you bring that up, the goal is to to have a phrase of, let's just say, maybe four or five words um, mm -hmm. in an ideal world, maybe six or seven at the most, but they need to be able to glance at that, that font that's large, probably bold, and be able to glance at that in one or two seconds, capture mentally what that message is saying because we live in an age where people have short attention spans they're just jumping around right we live in the, the instagram society where everybody's just scrolling quickly through things so right. we have to to make sure that we craft the message in such a way that it is brief and yet communicates a lot and so i'm glad that you bring that up and i would personally like that particular line photography and films to tell the beautifully wild story of your family um, i would just personally say 
telling the beautifully or telling the wild story, beautifully wild story of your family and, you know, cutting three or four words off of that just so I could do it in one line. It wouldn't take up too much space. Or just telling your story. Yes. Is that too simple? No, actually it's not because, and and the reason it's not too simple is because nobody else is saying anything comparable. The the caveat here is because it's, it would be such a simplistic and I love the direction you're going. I like how you're thinking minimalist here. Um, The reason, I guess the challenge with that statement would just be making sure that you actually back it up really powerfully with the images, because a lot of photographers tell stories. If you're the first one to own that message, more power Mm -hmm. to you. That's great. But we didn't need to make sure that the images really back that up. So every single image on that site needs to be focused on or a reflection of telling that, telling your story and, um, or telling your family's story, for example, might be a different direction. In fact, something maybe we could even look at for, for your messaging, but then every single image needs to back that up to, to go along, to ultimately support that brand position statement. Gotcha. Yeah, but I, I love the way that you're thinking minimalist. Um, that is unusual. Most photographers, and I'll raise my hand too, we have a tendency of being a bit too wordy and that can get in the way when we're trying to communicate something clearly and concisely. Let me just share really quickly though. I did a second search and I don't normally do this, but I did a second search for just family documentary photography, Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And here are the few results that I came up with there. Uh, there was one that said capturing real everyday life in Atlanta, Georgia. Another said documentary photography for those who believe in the extraordinary power of everyday love. Another said finding beauty in the seemingly small and ordinary unfiltered family photography. Now, there's an example. I mean, unfiltered family photography would be a brilliant position statement uh, Mm -hmm. because I think most people would know what that word unfiltered meant. And it's short Mm -hmm. and it's concise and it's really powerful. And as long as the images actually reflect that, you can tell none of the images are posed. That would be a really powerful statement. Another said documentary wedding photographer. Another said, I'm, <laughs> this was kind of confusing too. It, their, their position statement in big, bold text above the fold, it said, I make people cry. <laughs> and I don't know if I want to be photographed by somebody who is making them cry. Now, of course, as a photographer, I know what they're talking about. Right. And then if you scroll down on that particular person's site, you could see further context to, the, to that statement. But as, as the initial impression of that business, I don't think it was a very... A very good one. There was another one that had three words. It said lifestyle, weddings, storytelling. Uh, I mean, we get the concepts, but again, I think that's too broad. Being specific is, is a stronger way to go. And then the last one that I found was specializing uh, in documentary family photography and day in life sessions for families and businesses. That was pretty broad. I mean, families and businesses encompasses so much and mm-hmm. it takes away from the, the value, the benefit of being specific. Uh, there was one other, I think, that was kind of general as well, something like family photography in Atlanta. But that was it. So again, you don't have a ton of competition um, and okay. especially nothing that specifically references family history, which I think it seems to be where you're really living. Um, what do you think about those that I just read? Actually, I kind of, I liked uh, a few of them that you read and in my brain, I'm trying to figure out how I can, it kind of like sparked the idea, the wheel rolling of how I could figure out how to create one for myself. So along the lines of when I was saying about telling your story, um, it could be unfiltered story or, oh, I don't know. um, I'm just brainstorming, trying to think of. Yeah. I mean, just shout out any ideas. that, That is the wonder of this conversation is that we're doing just that. We're brainstorming. And I think we're already moving in a great direction. I mean, you started with a brand that is focused on on telling 
history or sharing history, mm-hmm. how do we effectively communicate that with a phrase is, of course, the, is the challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, looking back through some of those position statements from the other brands, uh, let's see, the, the unfiltered family photography was pretty strong. And then the, the where they were talking about telling the beautifully wild story of your family, that's pretty strong too. We just have to make sure that we don't do something too similar because you're in the same market. You don't want to um, sound too similar to that person. You want to play a little oh, bit yes. more to some of your backstory or the significance of history for you. In fact, actually, tell me that a little bit. Like, what's what is your family's history in photography and photographs look like? Do you have pictures from your family in the past? Oh yes, I have pictures. My grandmother is 95. Wow. And she's about to be 96. So I have images of her when she was young. Mm. Uh, So those black and white pictures, uh, like I think they were taken. I know they were in the 50s. I mean, so they're all black and white and she has the gloves on and they have that funny looking background. So I have, we have, I have tons of images of my grandmother and just in general, my family, we have, we take, they take a lot of pictures. Yeah. So it's very easy to go back and say, remember when you look like this? <laughs> <laughs> or remember when we look like this, yep. like, what were we thinking? <laughs> my God, somebody, yeah. you know, rescue us. <laughs> So we do have, you know, in my family, we do have lots of pictures that, you know, we can look back on and say, hey, remember when? Yeah, there is there is something really lovely about it. My grandfather is actually 90, let's see, he's 98 now, I believe. Wow. Um, I just talked with him last night, actually, and he's, he's doing That's surprisingly great. well. But being able to go back and look at some of the old pictures from... Uh, from him, his family, and of course, naturally my dad, uh, my dad and his sister, uh, mm-hmm. and they actually grew up in Japan. And actually, I did as well. So I share a similar history in that regard. So I'm I'm seeing pictures, just historical pictures of my family, but I'm also seeing culture, Japanese culture from back, you know, post World War II, and then getting to see a lot of that black and white. Which I think black and white images are really cool because it takes away the potential distraction of color. So you're really focused on the subjects and what they're doing. I think it's really beautiful. I love black and white. I, w- I want someone to let me do their wedding all in black and white. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, nobody's doing, nobody's focusing just on black and white. I think there's a really cool opportunity to develop a brand that would just do that. It's risky mm-hmm. because it naturally filters out most people because they, somebody, most people want at least a little bit of color, but yeah, I think it would be incredible. Oh my goodness. I'd be so excited. <laughs> maybe, maybe you even just start a whole second photography brand there in Atlanta. Cause I don't know of anybody that's doing it there and you could literally just photograph, you know, weddings in black and white or just family portraits in black and white. It might be a really cool opportunity actually. Mm-hmm. You talk about an easy and very distinct brand position statement that that would definitely be it. Um, For sure. <laughs> but so go, going back to the idea of, of, uh, of history. So it, it's am I pronouncing that correctly? I want to make sure. Itan yeah, so it's really pronounced Eton, okay. but there's an accent that we don't have on our in the American alphabet. Yes. So um, I just said Eton, and I, you know, or, or people say Eton, which is fine because I figure that's as close as we can get. Sure. It still means the same thing. And the funny thing is, so sidebar, quick little story. Yeah, please. So I was doing I was doing a, a bridal show, and 
I had a potential client come up to me and challenged me on the meaning of the word. Interesting. Okay. And I was like, I know what it means. It means history recorder. She was like, oh, I was just checking. She knew what it meant. Uh, That's really random and kind of weird. Why would they challenge you? Well, I guess because it's an African word. Okay. And and it's in the, I always say this incorrectly, pronunciation, Yoruba, the the language of Yoruba um, is West African. And so apparently people, well, she explained herself to say that people use words all the time and don't necessarily know what they mean. Mm. And I said, well, no, I know what this means. It's my company. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I wouldn't have this word to represent my company without knowing the meaning of it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, so Eton, that's interesting, or Eton. So you said mm-hmm. West Africa. Do you know what, what area so in West Africa? How it came about is whenever I, when I came up with the name, I had a friend whose husband was from West Africa, and I didn't want to use, like, I didn't want to use my name, um, and I wanted something that meant photography. And it was like, well, we don't have that word, but this is the word that we do have, history recorder. So I was like, that's it right there. So, yep, Yerba, Y-O-R-U-B-A, or Yerba. Okay. I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly, huh. as I stated. Well, that, that's it's a really interesting um, word, and it's nice that it has a backstory, too, but it ultimately the significance that it carries of, of history, telling the story um, or sharing history, is mm-hmm. re- really important. I think it, it makes most sense to play on that idea. We talked about the significance of capturing connection. There might be opportunity to to build a phrase that represents the idea of connection in within your family's history that we mm-hmm. could potentially develop on uh, or play on. But at the very least, it could start with something just as simple as telling or sharing, capturing, photographing your family's history. And, and, the the key here, because some might look at that phrase and they say, well, of course, I mean, that's what you're doing anyway, right? You're capturing someone's history. First of all, there's nobody that's actually saying that in your market. So you have the opportunity to be the first to market. In fact, this is really a good opportunity for me to share. And then we'll we'll keep kind of digging into this a bit. But four clear ways or four ways to establish a clear and distinct brand position. The first is to own a position. So if nobody else in the market owns a particular position, then you can be that person. Other people may be offering that particular genre, that service, but if Mm -hmm. nobody's owning it and ultimately marking it in a really clear and distinct way, you can be the first one to do that. And this is kind of an example of that. Um, The second way is to offer a service that doesn't exist. In this case, you're offering a service that exists, so that's really not the direction that that you're going to go. Another way to establish a clear and distinct brand position is to offer a variation of a service. And again, in this case, I don't think that's as relevant. So we can we can kind of move past that. The other thing is to name a target market. I gave an example of this earlier when I called out skateboarders, right? So black and white wedding photography for skateboarders. I'm speaking to a very specific audience. And even if there were other black and white wedding photographers, the fact that I'm dedicating my service specifically to skateboarders creates distinction. So that's another way to create distinction. I think in this case, you have an opportunity to be the first to own a particular position focusing on the message of history. And so it's just a matter of coming up with the phrase that represents that idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I mean, what, what do you think about something as simple as photographing your family's history? Does history in your mind represent something in the past too much that it doesn't make sense in this context? Or what do you think? Um, 
I kind of think is long. Photographing your family's history. No, that's less. That's about five words or so. So history, um, I don't know if, I think people may get a little lost with that. I'm not really, it's not wowing me, so to speak. Okay. Um, so let me just say, I appreciate your help. So if I say it's not wowing me, it's not that, you know, I'm not appreciative because oh, I am very much so. No, no, no. Sure. I, that's, you, you're not going to, you're not going to hurt my feelings. This is, as I said earlier, this is meant to be a brainstorming session. We may not even land in this specific conversation on a final brand position statement. The goal is to move in a particular direction to create some awareness, to stir some thoughts, some ideas. So no, you're, you're not going to hurt my feelings. And I actually, okay. <laughs> I love the interaction in the back and forth. I, I think it's great because you're thinking for yourself, which is, is really good. Um, is there, let me ask you this too, because this can play in. I'm, I'm currently on the investment section of your website. Your wedding packages start at 2,300 bucks. Um, mm-hmm. which is not a small amount. Your portrait sessions start at 225, which is probably, I mean, especially in the Atlanta market, maybe in a, kind of the mid-range area. But mm-hmm. do you have any interest in developing a kind of a high-end feel or is that does that play at all into the brand that you're wanting to develop? That's been another issue that I've been thinking about. I like to be reachable. Hmm. So I, I've had people, I've been fortunate enough to have some people who wanted to have a beautiful wedding and wanted to have, uh, well, everyone, I guess everyone wants to have a beautiful wedding, but financially, you know, they were a little bit strapped. So I like being able to be reachable, if that makes sense, price-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the, I don't, reason, the reason that I ask about that is because when I, when I think about the words that we use, um, if we use a really simple kind of minimalist for, um, statement, sometimes that can that can play well into whatever uh, income bracket we may be marketing to. Um, mm-hmm. I wrote a phrase down earlier before our conversation, actually, just simply your family documentarian. And to me, and maybe this is just subjective, but that phrase seems to connotate this, not a like a hoity-toity, unreachable high-end brand, but there's mm-hmm. a certain level of class and establishment to it, which I, I mean, it, it, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, but I'm, I wonder what you think about a phrase like that. Does that feel too high end or does it feel unreachable? No, actually, I like that. <laughs> what do you think about that word documentarian? I mean, th- do you think that most of your target client, whoever that might be, yes. do you think that they, that word would make sense to them or enough sense to them that, that there wouldn't be any confusion? Yes. Okay. And that's a, that's an important thing too, because I, I, even from my Chattanooga market, for example, there might be certain words that might be, again, a little too elusive or a little bit too broad or a little bit too vague, too subjective in meaning. I mean, we know in 2020, most people don't use dictionary definitions of words. They kind of use the words however they mean to them based on their personal history, their context. So I would make sure that we use a word that, that, is, that represents a, a very clear picture for your potential client, but that might be an option. Yes. Yeah, so the only oh, I'm concerned about the word family, because even though I mean, weddings are the beginning of the union of the two people is the beginning of the family. Mm. And then we move on. I don't want people to get caught up with that and just think that I'm a family uh, photographer more than I am a wedding photographer, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I think there are a few different ways that you could go about adding clarification there. Number one, the images that you share on your site to the the copy and or the navigation 
on your site. So if they land on your site and, and they see a beautiful example, I mean, this would be really cool. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to work with a client where you photograph their wedding and then also photograph family pictures after the fact, maybe even mm-hmm. um, baby pictures. But if you had an example there of the, the, the header picture, the moment they land at itanimages.com, there's this beautiful header image showing the progression. Um, maybe it's three images, like a collage of three images where it's you know the, the engagement pictures, the wedding pictures, and then family portraits with a new baby after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the tagline under, or the position statement underneath that is your family documentarian. And then there would be subtext uh, mm-hmm. that would say something like from weddings to family portraits, we capture your family's journey through life or something to that effect. Uh, mm-hmm. Or we document your family's journey through life that would give context to the conversation. They would immediately know that it's not just about weddings. Right. Gotcha. So there might be opportunity to do something like that. Of course, nobody else is saying anything comparable. That might be a direction that you could go. Right. I like that. Your family documentarian. It has a very, just um, not even highbrow, just has a very classy feel to it. And Mm -hmm. this this brings me to, I mean, you had actually asked for some feedback on on your website. So I don't know if there would be any significant need for um, change on your website per se. I think that that the the section above the fold, and for anybody listening in, if I haven't already given this context, above the fold means that the it's the section on the site, whether in your mobile phone or you're on the desktop or laptop, that you can see above the fold that you don't have to scroll to see. So right now I'm, I'm at atanimages.com. I see navigation with a logo, and then I see a sc- set of scrolling, it uh, looks like scrolling images um, that is the header, and then there's no text. My suggestion would be to, to come up with a header image uh, or a collage of images under which you would see the brand position statement or on which, if, if there was an opportunity to, uh, the brand position statement. And it's key to remember that this needs to happen not just in the mobile or in the uh, desktop or laptop format, but also in mobile, because um, sometimes I'll see a photographer has a brand position statement and they they can see you have to kind of scroll in order to see the whole image. You have to scroll to see the whole message. You want to make sure mm-hmm. it sits above the fold so they see it immediately. They don't have to scroll. Um, so that would be one change to make. Once you land on the, the, the definite brand position statement is to make sure all that can be seen above the fold with images that support that message. And then just not, not just in the headers, but everywhere else in the site, all of the imagery needs to support this idea. In this case, let's say of being the family documentarian, and if you like black and white, I would also suggest, because I didn't see a ton of black and white, there was a combination, but when I was looking at your competition, if I see this really beautiful font, maybe even a serif font in bold all caps that says your family documentarian, and I just see these stunning black and white images uh, of you know from a wedding or from a family portrait session, I immediately get a certain feel, this level of class that Katura Turner is bringing as a photographer to, to this experience that I'm gonna have. And then if you back that up with not only the photographic experience, which is high level of class, but then also the, the products that you're selling them. I mean, you're their family documentarian, so you're not gonna sell them a $200 book and say, have a good day. You're going to bring them to a sales session, a sit-down sales session. You're going to walk them through what this, you know, this 30 by 40 print of, of their new family looks like in black and white, matted, and a textured art paper framed really beautifully, and you can demonstrate that to them. Or this gorgeous 
album that is also matted very similarly that highlights the black and white work that you're offering, whatever the case may be, but that the whole experience would kind of back up this notion of you being the family documentarian and really high quality, uh, not just experience, but final product that you deliver to them. Right. Okay. So for clarification, yeah. so, so I'm looking at my site right now and you said above the fold. So at the first line is the, um, the menu. And in the center, there's the lo- my logo. So what you're suggesting is that uh, I put my mission statement above my images that are rotating, like right under the menu or in between the menu and the, the images. Well, um, so a couple of different things, just for clarification. One, mission statement, this is actually a position statement. A mission statement is something that, that you have for yourself. And that, that would almost be that you know the for every day that passes something beautiful remains so this is a brand position statement but that position statement could sit in a couple of different places one you might potentially and of course this would you'd have to change the format but the header images the header image could be a bit smaller so that there was room for the text to sit underneath whether it's a scrolling header image or it's just a a static uh, header image the text would sit underneath it that's one way to do it the other way to do it um, if you were to somehow encapsulate this idea of being a family documentarian that wouldn't feel like you were excluding wedding or excluding portrait photography, but you had a just stunning image that had a lot of negative space in it, you know, a lot of sky, for example, where there was room to actually put that text to lay the text on top of the image. That would be another way that you might be able to put the position statement above the fold. Gotcha. Yeah. And forgive me. I know I kind of went on a tangent with the products. I was thinking about kind of the that the overarching experience that that isn't just the website, it's the overall experience that they have with your brand. But yeah, as far as positioning um, and the formatting of your site, that's what I'd recommend for above the fold. And again, make sure that that's the case uh, on the mobile site. For example, I'm going to pull up the mobile site now uh, as we're talking about this. So I go to tanimages.com. And so on the mobile site, I'm looking at, I see the, there's a menu, or actually a couple of menu icons, and then the logo the scrolling image. So this is a great example, actually, of where you can see, it's not a position statement, but you can see that text for every day that passes something beautiful remains. You you did that. You positioned it above the fold so they can see that immediately. My mm-hmm. suggestion would be that you make that scrolling, uh, if it's scrolling or not, but the image is a little bit bigger. And then okay. that the position, all they see is the position statement. All the, the, the paragraph of text underneath doesn't need to, doesn't need to show above the fold. You want to make an impact with a really beautiful image and then that position statement. And then if they're interested, you know, they can continue to scroll down and look at your site. Gotcha. The other thing that I wanted to point out, and I'll, I'll give you the, the name of the site off air, but I actually, as I was doing your, um, I was doing the market research, I actually found another brand in your market that has a logo that's very, very similar to yours. Have you ever seen this? Yes. Okay. So you may know who I'm talking about. Again, we're not going to call anybody out here, but there might be an opportunity here as you're thinking about changes to your site to maybe have a designer revamp your logo just so that the similarities don't remain. And, you know, if you're going to go the direction, I, I know I'm personally obsessed with black and white, but if you were to go with, with the direction of a little bit uh, more of a minimalist feel with kind of a black and white and gray feel, for example, for your site, the logo could kind of back that idea up as, as you have a designer revamp that or tweak that a little bit, just so it doesn't look so similar to, um, to that other brand. Yes. And that was because I know that person and we were like, Oh my goodness, like <laughs> we, we didn't even talk. And then it was like, how in the world did this happen? Yeah. So, but then I'm like, well, I like mine and, and you know, they like theirs. So it was like, okay, but I do have an alternative logo that I could use 
Well, and you know, I mean, you could do something again, if you wanted to go a really minimalist route, um, and I'm not a designer again, reference, talk to a designer about this, but I, when I see your logo currently, it's just those two lowercase eyes, kind of in a cursive font. And mm. then you've got the box around with the, um, kind of the paint splatter, the gold paint splatter. You could take away everything, but those two eyes, and it could be, you know, one of, one of the great marks of a, of a logo, a good logo, uh, or a mark is that if you shrink it down even really, really small, it's still recognizable. And okay. those eyes can be shrunk down really small. They're still recognizable. Of course, made large, they're still recognizable. And if you made them as large or as wide as the box currently is, that outlining keyline box, there would probably be enough room to even put a ton of images underneath that, matching the width of the mark. The words mm-hmm. or the text can match the width of the mark. And then you would have a very simple and yet poignant uh, logo for yourself. Right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's a direction you could go there. Now we're going to, for the sake of conversation right now, I think we're going to wrap this up, but what, what I would encourage everybody to keep in mind, um, is these principles that we talked about today regarding, of course, the benefits, first of all, but then the ways that you create this distinction. And I think Katura is in a really great place, especially looking at her competition, which isn't altogether that strong as far as their messaging is concerned, that you look at the competition and you look for opportunities to, to position yourself against that so-called competition. And Katura can do that very much right here as she's focusing on being that family historian with a camera or a family documentarian. I think it's a pretty powerful a powerful message, the, the caveat being that you just have to make sure, as we talked about, Katura, that you're backing up that message with imagery that, that minimizes any confusion about the fact that you, are, you, you do photograph weddings in addition to the family portraits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for letting us kind of share this conversation with our listeners today at the Boca Podcast. For everybody listening in, if you go to atanaimages.com, you can see Katura's lovely work and also make oh, sure to give her you. a follow on Instagram too. It's underscore Itan Images, I-T-A-N Images on Instagram. We'll link to that in the show notes at bookapodcast.com. But thanks so much, Katura. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.